What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB, E-T-H-O-S FantasyBB. We post all of our new podcasts, articles, different news and notes. Every bit of content on our baseball side gets shared out through Twitter at EthosFantasyBB. So make sure you're checking us out over there. If you haven't, go check out the website as well at SportsEthos.com. You'll get all that same content plus all the other coverage we've got of all the other major sports. We got team coverage, we have wagering, we have fantasy DFS. We have we have literally everything going on. So make sure you're checking out sportsethos.com as well. The guys have done such a great job in building out this baseball division. It's really starting to take form and we are still adding people to it. We've actually hired I believe four people this last week. Really exciting time for us. If you are interested in producing content, whether it's on the written side, the audiovisual side, whether you're interested in editing, you want to cover your favorite team, there are so many different openings we have. So send me a message at joeorico99, J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99, and we'll get you talking with the right people. It doesn't have to be baseball. It could literally be anything. We got a ton of stuff going on, so please don't hesitate in reaching out, and we will get you talking with the right people. Today we're going to go through some news and notes, some things that have come out today. We're just going to look back over the weekend and just see the big news. And we, honestly, usually the news and notes is not really great. Like, sometimes you get something that's decent enough. A lot of the time you're getting news and it's an injury or it's something that you're not really too excited about. But here we have a really, really great story. We've talked about it already. But Liam Hendricks is officially going to be activated today. This is a this is big. This is really big. It's great for the game of baseball. It's great for the morale of the White Sox and everybody around the game of baseball, really. Whenever there's a story like this, he beat cancer in about six months. Uh, it was honestly such an impressive, <laughs> such an impressive timeline that he's already back at this point. He was diagnosed in January. He had a couple months of chemo, and his last round of chemo was in early April, and he's been cancer-free for the last month plus. He is going to be back, and he is going to be the closer for the White Sox. I don't think there's any real debate there. I think maybe some people have some hesitancy about what they're going to get out of him, which is why he's actually still available in some leagues. 75% rostered on Yahoo, which is, you know, most competitive leagues he's going to be rostered. But at the same time, 75% is is not 100. And if you look at what they've gotten out of their bullpen this season, uh, it's going to be a very welcome return for for Liam Hendricks. I mean, Kendall Graveman has done an okay job. He's got a sub-3 ERA in that pen. He's been He's been serviceable. Ronaldo Lopez was not very serviceable at all. It's been Graveman getting the opportunities recently. Lopez was given some chances earlier on, but he's been a disaster. Those are kind of the two higher leverage arms at the back of the bullpen, and they are not going to maintain their current role. Everybody's going to move down a spot, essentially, with Liam Hendricks coming back. He is going to take over that closer role, and he should be good to go. I mean, there might be some ramp-up period, some rustiness of him fully getting back, but I think he's been doing that these last few weeks, building up his arm strength, getting the stamina back, because I, I can't even imagine that the wear and tear on your body that chemotherapy has, so there might be some some cobwebs to start off, but regardless, Liam Hendricks needs to be rostered in every single league. He needs to be added up. If you need saves, if you don't need saves, regardless, he is somebody where there's a top 50 fantasy potential rest of season for him. If you even just look at last year, which started off, there were some bumps in last year as well. He had 37 saves, he had 85 strikeouts in 57 innings, he had a sub-3 ERA, the whip was just over one. Overall, he was very good, even though there was some rockiness, I believe, earlier in the season. But now, you know, you we're at, we're at the point of the year where the waiver wire is so thin, especially in your deeper leagues. He's probably stashed in a lot of 15-team leagues, but if he is there, 
it's a, it's a no-brainer to at least throw a bid down on him or to try and use a waiver claim on him. You might be in a position where you know you're playing a head-to-head league and you already have you know Josh Hader and Camilo Doval and blah blah blah, and you don't really need it. Sure, I guess in that case you don't really need to prioritize him, but I think in most cases you are going to be in need of some kind of closer, some kind of extra arm with the way that the season has gone, all the injuries and all the all the duds, specifically from starting pitchers, because closers have actually hit at a pretty successful rate so far this season. If you if you paid up for closers. You're probably doing all right, but regardless, I don't know anybody who couldn't use probably a couple more saves. And even if you don't, those ratios and strikeouts are going to be very, very appealing from Hendricks once he does get fully settled in. So if you're looking for a closer, Liam Hendricks is a guy that I would turn to. 75%, again, a lot of competitive leagues, he's already going to be taken. But if he's not, then he's somebody to definitely consider. You might want to consider him because of some news we got today as well, which just is brutal. But Pete Fairbanks is back on the IL. It's a hip issue. Now, it's retroactive a couple days. Uh, actually, just sorry, back to yesterday. So he could be back June the 12th, but this is his second time going on the IL in a matter of three weeks now. I, I believe it's three weeks since he's been off the IL. This is not great news for sure. Uh, you know, he, when he's been out there, he's been really good. He has been given the lion's share of the closing opportunities, but I'm starting to wonder if this is going to be maybe just. Just a tough season to roster Pete Fairbanks. It has been already, but when you start the season off with a couple of different injuries like that, he's currently dealing with uh, hip inflammation. He's going to have an MRI, and we're going to see what happens, but I think it's not looking great for Pete Fairbanks. I'm not dropping him yet where you have him because you know we know the value that he can have, but it's definitely looking very tricky. The direct replacement there, of course, Liam Hendricks could be an option, but Jason Adam is the guy who is going to be getting the bulk of those save opportunities in Tampa. We saw it last year. He had a lot of value and not even like a full-time closer role. He had eight saves. He won two games, but he had a great, great year in terms of his strikeouts and his ratios, 156 ERA, a .76 whip he had last year. Now, this season, he hasn't been quite as sparkling, a 322 ERA, a 112 whip, but he's going to be getting those save opportunities. He was already getting some of them before. Now it's going to be full-time, full-time Jason Adam. We saw it yesterday. He got the two-inning save, four strikeouts. It's it's him. It's his job. So if you are looking for a direct Pete Fairbanks replacement, Jason Adam is probably the guy you should go with. He's 63% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Odds are you can probably find him depending on the depth of your league. If you're in a shallower league, it's oh, I think it's pretty likely he'll be on a 10-team waiver wire. Now, he's gone up a couple percent today. So make sure if you do need those saves, uh, you are taking a look at Adam or Liam Hendricks. Because it's pretty rare, like I mentioned earlier, that you're going to actually have much that's worthwhile on most waiver wires at this point of the season. 10 and 12 team waiver wires, there's always going to be something there worth taking a flyer on, whether it's streamers, whether it's a hot bat or whatever. Once you get into those deeper leagues, it gets very, very tricky. And I'm not sure about how highly rostered Jason Adam would be in those 15 team leagues or Liam Hendricks for that matter. It would vary across different platforms, but it's pretty rare that even, you know, on the same week, same day kind of thing, at this point of the season, after two months, that you're going to get two very viable potential top 10 closers that do, I'm not going to say, like, become valuable today because they've, they've had value. There's been value in Stashing Hendricks. There's been value in Jason Adam already. But the fact that both of them are getting a bit of a boost today with Hendricks coming back and with Pete Fairbanks going out, opening the door for Jason Adam, this is probably the most prime opportunity you're going to have maybe for the rest of the season in terms of bolstering your saves. If you do need to help yourself in the save category or you just need another relief pitcher, this is the time to do it because I'm not sure we're going to see another opportunity where on the same day in the same couple of days span, two really, really elite arms who are going to be getting the save opportunities for their teams are going to be available. 
So again, 63% for Adams, 75% for Hendricks. It's going to be kind of iffy if you're going to be able to find him, depending on your league size, depending on where you play. But make sure they're not available if you are in need of saves. If you're sitting there today thinking, woe is me, I need saves, Fairbanks is gone, just take a look and see what's available on your waiver wire. You might get lucky. You might get very, very lucky. Now let's talk Mike Soroka. Michael Soroka, I believe he wants to be called Michael now. Uh, He is going to be back tonight. He's going to be back against the Oakland A's, and he has jumped very, very highly in terms of roster percentages. Honestly, a concerning amount. He went from 25% up to 46% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. I think Mike Soroka is going to be probably an interesting target to stream today. And I know at this point, you're, you're, you're probably not going to have the opportunity still to stream him. But I think in the long term, we got to pump the brakes here. I know he's 25 years old. He hasn't pitched in the big leagues in three years. Long, long layoff. And maybe he'll come back and be very good. But what we saw in the minors hasn't been that great, really, this season and last year. Not a huge sample size, eight starts this year, five starts last year, or six starts, I guess, last year, if you count the one he had in high A. But he hasn't been terribly impressive. Uh, He really hasn't. Like, his big league stretch before he got injured was 2020. uh, was when he got hurt. Before that, pretty damn impressive. Uh, He was outperforming his advanced metrics, but he was still, on the surface, the production was very good. I just worry that we're expecting a bit too much out of a guy who doesn't really get many strikeouts. That's a big thing with Soroka. Career 19% strikeout rate at the big league level. Now, he's got good control, 6% walk rate, but I don't know that he's going to have a ton of fantasy juice. I think the way that people are adding him is as though he's going to be a rest-of-season play. I think he's probably a viable streamer. Like, against Oakland, sure. You know, if I was pitching against Oakland, you'd be fine to stream me. But I don't know that he's going to be somebody that has rest-of-season kind of viability. So if you added him in there, I would have pretty, I would have a decent level of confidence starting him against the A's. I don't know if you're going to see a seven-inning shutout or whatever, but I think you'll probably see like five innings, hopefully that he can backdoor himself into a victory because I don't think they're going to have too long of a leash for him here. At the same time, they are in need of starting pitchers, so they might not be able to use as much of a leash as they may want, but I just... I worry about Mike Soroka's rest-of-season viability because the strikeouts are the, are the huge thing there. Also, the fact that he's outperformed his advanced numbers a little bit in his career. You know, 286 career ERA, 387 career XFIP. So it's not a huge, huge, massive difference, but it's a whole run, right? I mean, it's something that you have to at least factor in a little bit. Not to say that he's bad or anything, but I think he's gotten fairly lucky in his career, especially considering the lack of Ks. 433 Sierra as well. Some of those advanced numbers are just not so great for him. Coupling that with a lack of Ks, I think he's fine in like, you know in certain matchups, but he's not somebody that I'd be rushing to go and add. I just don't know that there's that kind of fantasy upside for Mike Soroka. The best thing he has going for him is the team contacts. You know, we saw it last year. Kyle Wright had a good season, but if he's pitching for any other team, I doubt he wins 20 games. Maybe we see Soroka able to give you, you know, good, decent back-end 12-team production. Maybe. I think that's best-case scenario, though. I really do. He's not somebody that I'd be rushing to go and add, unless we're talking, of course, just about a streaming option for today. In that case, yes. But if you're looking at Mike Soroka as somebody who is going to be a savior for your team, I think the odds are we're going to be pretty damn disappointed in that. Now, somebody who could be a savior here is Royce Lewis. Now, we mentioned him last week. We speculated, as many did, that he would probably be called up once he was eligible to return from the injured list, and he was activated today. He'll be in the lineup. He'll be batting fifth against Houston. Bodes well if he's going to be batting in the middle of the lineup right off the get-go. Hopefully, he'll be able to move up as the season progresses. Maybe he ends up batting as a you know top three bat. Definitely possible. 
Now, his production, now he's by most accounts like a top five prospect in the game. If you look at what he has done at the minor league level, we've seen pretty decent power numbers, but it's really the speed and the batting average that get me. Always hitting in the 300 kind of vicinity, and he's usually stealing, depending on the level, depending on the games too, because it, it can be kind of deceiving if you look at minor league numbers without really looking deep into the game's play, because you might just see, okay, he only had, you know, what was it, 22 stolen bases, Okay, that's fine, but you have to look at, okay, that was 75 games. If you look at what he did last year, you see, okay, five homers and 12 steals at AAA. Eh, it's okay, but it was in 34 games. He's a stud. He is going to be a fantasy stud. Also, by the way, batting 313 with a 12% walk rate during that time. Just everything you can look at here at the minor league level, very, very promising for Royce Lewis. He is somebody that I'd be adding up wherever you need help at all like he's somebody that even if you don't need a shortstop and a lot of people probably don't need a shortstop there was a time earlier in the year where you might have Seager's back though Tim Anderson's back I don't know how desperate your need is for a shortstop but even if he's a utility kind of player for you I would be adding him up he's got that five category potential where you know we throw around the word league winner but somebody coming up at this time of the season who is able to give you a spark like that potentially across all five categories he could very well be a league winner. So I'd take a look at Royce Lewis if you need any kind of help, speed, power, anything on the offensive side. He's somebody who could potentially contribute across the board. So don't let him just sit around and be scooped up by somebody else. 49% rostered on Yahoo. He has jumped up over these last week or so. I forget when we, we talked about him last week. I think I want to say he was in the 30s somewhere. But with the news that he's going to be called up, um, obviously that's shot up. Make sure you get in while you can, at least for a share or two. I, I always talk as if people play in a bunch of different leagues. Maybe you just play in one league, which is totally fine. That's what I did for a lot of years, and it's a lot simpler in that way. Even if you're just in one league, go and take a look and see if you can get yourself Royce Lewis. He could be a huge, huge difference maker down the stretch. Let's talk about something a little bit less exciting. Vince Velasquez. Vince Velasquez is heading to the IL again. This is concerning and you know Vince Velasquez is actually somebody at the beginning of the year where we were thinking okay maybe he is actually you know have some fantasy juice I think that we were kind of fooled a little bit just because the Pirates in general were were just really good to start the season I think we all kind of collectively thought oh maybe everybody is just going to click the season or something's going to be different with the Pirates I was always kind of a skeptic there but I thought Vince Velasquez actually might have some fantasy juice and he did you know even with his bad start the other day he still got a 386 ERA He's striking out a batter per inning. There could be value there, but he's going to have an MRI because of elbow discomfort. So I think at that point, there's not really much of a need to hold. You could have argued before his first IL stint, before his first injury, that you could have dropped him. When he's come back, he has not been terribly impressive. It's only been a couple starts. But I think uh, I think at this point, there's not really a league where I'd want to be holding Vince Velasquez. I think he's a totally justifiable drop in 10s, 12s, even in 15s. You shouldn't have been holding him in 10s and 12s to begin with. But even in a 15-team league, I would be letting Vince Velasquez go. I don't really think that there's too much really to look at here. Especially, I mean, it could be, a decision could be made for us here. If he's having, you know, he's having an MRI done on his elbow, we, we, we have to see. Because he's already missed three weeks with the elbow earlier in the year. I just don't think that there is really that much to see here with Vince Velasquez. I think that pretty comfortably across all different formats and league sizes and whatever you're talking about, he can pretty comfortably be dropped if you're in a situation where you have no injuries and you just want to play it out and see exactly what happens sure but I don't think that there is really too much to see here with Vince Velasquez I'd be sending him back to the waiver wires where you still got him outside of maybe certain situations and very very deep leagues with IL but I don't think he's going to have too much fantasy viability the rest of the season let's talk about Ben Joyce last bit of news for today Ben Joyce has been called up by the Angels 
Now, Ben Joyce is the guy who threw a ball last year. It was, I believe, 105, 104.89 or so. I believe it was 105. I, I believe that's what it was. That was when he was pitching in college for Tennessee, I believe. And there's also a lot of talk about that today, about, okay, does Ben Joyce actually throw this fast? Because at the college level, you're not sure if the gun's calibrated correctly or if it's a home team doing it, trying to you know get some buzz created around their guy or something. You're never really sure. But I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't think he's throwing 105, but maybe it's 102, 103. I mean, it's, it's gas regardless, which does make him kind of interesting. The fact that they've brought him up right from AA shows that they do have some interest here in using him. I just think outside of the strikeout potential, there's really not a whole lot here. And I know that he's jumped up, not a big number, but we've seen him go added in, I believe, what is it, 5% of fantasy league, or uh, Yahoo leagues. Let me just double check that here. I had the page open and it made me refresh. Uh, so he's up at just, uh, he's at 4%. He's at 4% on Yahoo leagues. People have started to you know kind of speculate on him a little bit. I don't think there's really going to be much here. He has a huge walk problem. Like he, so far this season, he's only thrown 15 innings, but he has walked, where is it, 13 batters. Struck out 24 during those 15 innings, but I don't know that he has the tools just yet to really succeed at the big league level. I'm really not sure why they have done this. He's kind of a guy who looks like he'll be a closer potentially down the line if he can get the control under control. But Carlos Estevez is the guy who is going to be their closer. He's been lights out this season. He's looked incredibly solid. Joyce is going to use, you know, be some kind of middle reliever setup guy. So I don't see any need in adding him in any in any format, specifically Yahoo, where a lot of people are playing your 10s and 12-teamers. I don't think that there is really much of a need to be adding him up there. If you want to kind of speculate and say, okay, maybe he can be another guy out of the pen who is just giving me stupid strikeout numbers and maybe he figures out the ratios and – you know, maybe people are thinking, okay, this could be like Andres Munoz for this year or something. Just some guy who is not a closer, maybe gets you the odd save here and there, but it's just dominant in terms of their ratios and everything else. I don't see a path to that just yet. I don't think he's ready. I personally just don't think he's ready for the bigs. He's only 22. I, I, these guys know a lot more than I do. But basing it on what I'm seeing with his numbers, it's really not been pretty so far this season. I know it's only 15 innings pitched across 14 outings, but, you know, He's only stranding 50% of his base runners. Babbitt very, very low and still not a lot of success with that low Babbitt. Like, it's just, uh, there's a lot of reason to be concerned. And there's also a lot of reason, I think, to stay away uh, from him in a fantasy context right now. Ben Joyce, as interesting as he may be and as cool as guys are who throw as hard as he does, I don't really see there being a path for him to be a standard league guy. Very, 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 very deep leagues are AL only. There is potential for it. But as of right now, I would just be leaving him alone. Those 4% of people who added him, I hope it's deeper leagues because I don't think there's much there in terms of your shallow league viability. But guys, that's going to do it for us. Appreciate you hanging out as usual, kicking off the week with us. It really makes me smile to see you guys downloading the show and liking stuff on Twitter. So keep doing that. Keep chugging along. Follow me at uh, JoeOrico99. Go check out Ethos Fantasy BB as well. And hit up sportsethos.com if you guys haven't done so already. One last thing I will ask of you, if you haven't done so, leave a review on the show. Good, bad, ugly. Let us know what you think. Send in the messages as well. I'll answer your messages on Twitter. But let me know what you think, whether you're listening on Apple or Google, Spotify, wherever you're listening that allows you to leave a rating and review. 
really appreciate you guys taking a second and just telling us your thoughts on the podcast, things you like, things you don't like, whatever it is. It goes a long way into helping the show grow, and I really appreciate you guys taking a second just to scroll down to the bottom of your page and do that really quickly. But, guys, we'll see you again tomorrow. We will go over some news. We'll talk some streamers. We will do the things we usually do here on the show. Hopefully it's an eventful night in Major League Baseball, so we got a lot to talk about. But until then, have a great night, everybody. Take care, and cheers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.